Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, the host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. I'm glad you joined us for this episode for Sunday, June 5th, 2022. It's entitled, Truth for Tough Times, Spiritual Leadership. Spiritual Leadership is also the title of a book written many years ago by a man named Oswald Sanders. He had formerly been the head of the Overseas Missionary Fellowship, helping send missionaries all over the world. And Overseas Missionary Fellowship used to be called China Inland Mission. Yep, the same one founded by legendary Chinese missionary Hudson Taylor. But Spiritual Leadership is a great book. I have it in my library. I don't know where it is right at this moment, but I read it many years ago, probably 30, 35 years ago, maybe longer than that. It is a great book about being a true spiritual leader. Of course, it's based on the Bible. Well, in talking today about Truth for Tough Times, Spiritual Leadership, we're going to see two things that that I think the Lord showed me in this passage in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 through 17. Now, to set this up, remember that the Apostle Paul is, is much older now, and he is in prison for the last time awaiting his execution uh, when he wrote this, possibly very soon. We don't know how soon after that, but he was beheaded, and Timothy would be left to pastor the church in Ephesus. And he was already doing that, actually, when this letter was written to him. And as we said many times before, the true church will never go out of existence. The Lord Jesus Christ prophesied that, that it would always be here, the real Christians. Yet, it would be very understandable on a human level for Paul to be concerned about the great church in Ephesus, which he had founded so many years earlier, and Timothy was now seeking to pastor. And, you know, the book that that church could have written is, man, have we got problems, because they had some issues there at the church in Ephesus, mainly about the Word of God and false teaching. So we remember in the last episode that a very descriptive uh, expose is laid out of what these false teachers are like, the people who are leading astray the true believers at the church in Ephesus in that first century. So if, if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to the episode prior to this, Living in the Last Days, from 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 9. But with that as the background, having described how bad these false leaders were and the damage they were doing to the church, we're going to see today the model that Timothy could and should follow, being the Apostle Paul himself, of the right way to be a true leader, a true spiritual leader in the church. So we're going to see that contrasted today right before our eyes. But I mentioned that that I, in thinking about this, I, I feel that the Lord brought this to my attention, 
that there are two things about spiritual leadership. Number one, spiritual leadership is tested in the world. And by that, I mean it is, it is put to the test and it is proven to be the real thing. And the second thing is that spiritual leadership, listen to this, is grounded in the word. Write that down. Spiritual leadership is tested in the world. Spiritual leadership is grounded in the word. Let's look at that first proposition there. Spiritual leadership is tested in the world. We read in 2 Timothy 3, starting in verse 10, but thou, now let's stop right there. Oh, Pastor Ed, don't do this to us where you do this on every word, but I have to do this. You see in verse 10 where it says, but thou, and then if you go uh, to verse 14, same chapter, you see, but continue thou, but in Greek, it's the same. But thou, but thou, all right? So again, contrasted with the false teachers, Paul says, and really it's the Lord through his spirit inspiring Paul, the Lord ultimately says, but you, Timothy, yeah, that's how those guys are, but you, okay, so he's called out twice in verse 10 and verse 14 here in 2 Timothy 3. So go back to verse 10. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, that is the Apostle Paul's teaching. He knew what the Apostle Paul had taught. He knew it was right. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, that is how he conducted his life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, Man, Paul got under the load and he just kept staying under that load as long as the Lord wanted him to. His long suffering, you know, his, his putting up with difficult things. Charity, that's agape, God's kind of love. Patience, that's getting under the load and just with the Lord's empowerment, staying under the load and bearing up. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at, at, at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. I like that word delivered. It means to, to like grab somebody and drag them away from danger. The Lord, you know, dragged Paul out of these dangerous situations previously. And he could do the same even though Paul is on death row, but that would be up to him and whatever it was, the Lord would empower him to either be dragged to safety again or to go through that martyrdom, which is what happened ultimately. But let's read verses 10 and 11 again. Now think about all the fakes that were troubling the Christians in Ephesus and many other places. Say, Pastor Ed, why would that be happening? If, if the truth is the truth, why, why is there false teaching? Well, think about it. What does Satan hate? The truth. And the churches were preaching the truth, so he sent in people who were like uh, clandestine agents of his to mess everything up with false teaching. So actually, that shows the churches were, were right on track because Satan was upset about it and attacking them, right? 
Spiritual leadership is tested in the world. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Now in Antioch, when Paul and Barnabas went there on the first missionary journey, Paul was, they were, they were so used by the Lord that the Jewish leaders in the city of Antioch and probably a lot of other people too wanted him dead or at least severely beaten. And when he found out about it, he and Barnabas, they went to the next town, okay? So in, the, in Antioch, they had to leave that town. All right, what happened at Iconium? Well, he was um, almost stoned. So he was threatened within an inch of his life and barely escaped that in Iconium. Well, what about Lystra? Well, there he actually really was pelted with rocks until he apparently died. They left him for dead for sure. But if he died, the Lord resurrected him. And if he wasn't completely dead, then the Lord healed him and raised him up. Either way, you, you got to read that. Uh, Antioch is in Acts 13 and Iconium and Lystra is in Acts 14. Read what happened there where uh, basically it's like God empowered him. He got back up, <laughs> brushes the dust off of his clothing, and, and I think he marches right back into town preaching Jesus. What are you going to do with somebody like that, right? There's nothing you can do to him. And God wasn't done with him yet, right? All right, verse 12. Yea, and all, me and you? Oh, that's what all means. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. The same thing. Now, are you going to be pelted with rocks? Are we going to be... Uh, scourged? Are we going to be uh, killed? You know, what may, may we go through those things? Sure. We may not, but we could. Now, I believe in the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ to take his bride, the church, home to heaven before the tribulation period. Now, I don't know when all of that's going to happen, but it's looking very interesting in the times in which we live. But do you know what? ought to register with all of us, that's still no guarantee that American Christians or Christians anywhere in the world will not go through severe persecution, even though the rapture is imminent. Think about that. We don't know when that's going to happen, and the Lord can certainly use our witness if we suffer shame for his name, right? And he would empower us to do it. And right now, all over the world, even though the rapture is a biblical doctrine, and I believe it's imminent, nevertheless, around the world right now, people who love Jesus Christ are paying for that with their safety, with their health, perhaps losing jobs. Many are even losing their lives to be faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. If you live for the Lord, students at your high school or on your college campus, if 
you are employed and in your office or your workyard, wherever you work, or the uh, army squad or marine rifle squad you're part of, or whatever you do, if you are true to the Lord, Satan will be sure to have at least one person there to make your life difficult, and maybe several. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And we didn't think about that. It's true. Verse 13, but evil men, the best way I would describe this is a word that we're all familiar with, a phrase, bad to the bone. These are people who just are evil on legs. They are walking bad news, all right? But evil men and seducers, these are um, imposters. In fact, this is great. The word used here means like a juggler, like a con artist in a fair. Somebody who's able to use sleight of hand and very glib and all of that. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So they are not only going astray themselves, like a planet being flung into space out of its orbit, just just wandering away. But evil men and seducers show acts worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. They're going to go from bad to worse. You know what? Paul is contrasting himself here with the pretenders that we saw earlier in 2 Timothy 3. Whether they're clerical clowns or religious imposters and false teachers, they just don't stand the test like the Apostle Paul stands the test, like anyone today who truly loves the Lord Jesus Christ. These guys can't run with us, all right? They are complete fakes. If you have the sad lot in life to be in a church led by a clerical clown, a religious imposter, even a false teacher, I am so sorry for you. If at all possible, find true spiritual leadership in another church. If you had to, start a church in your own home and ask the Lord to bring to that house church someone who will be a true spiritual leader. That's what you ought to do. You know, in the Soviet Union, there were many, many believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, and they were severely persecuted for that. This was a big deal to the communists, and they wanted to round them all up, and if they could, put them all to death, right? So the Soviet Christians knew just about the entire Bible from memory. Now, I'm not saying that, I mean, New Testament. I'm not saying that one person knew it all, but they knew so much of it that they knew vast sections of the Gospels, the book of Acts, and, and Christian worship songs and all of that with Scripture in it. Did you know that today's Russian Christians, no longer under Soviet communism, did you know that they hardly know, the young people anyway, very much by, by memory or just being able to even tell the Bible stories from the Gospels or sayings of the Lord Jesus Christ? They don't know it. 
You know why? There's no pressure on. I think we need pressure. What do you think? Now, the Voice of the Martyrs, which is a great broadcast, and you can find it online as well, Voice of the Martyrs, will give you story after story of believers in the Lord Jesus Christ being faithful even unto death to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Listen, spiritual leadership, write this down, is tested in the world. And that means even within the church world where there are so many clerical clowns, religious imposters, and false teachers. And may I say, false professors of Christ. That is, they say they are Christians, but in their heart, they know they're not. Or they're even so deceived, they think they are, but they're really not. And they're a problem to true believers in Jesus. Spiritual leadership is tested in the world. Now, as we just saw, Paul was completely the opposite of that. He was the real deal, authentic, true spiritual leadership. And so is Timothy. And so are you and I as we love the Lord and his word. Now, ask yourself this question. Why was the Apostle Paul so willing to die? Why are these that we hear about on programs like The Voice of the Martyrs, why are they so willing to be faithful even unto death? Why? Here's why. It's simple. I've been breaking all this down in my heart and mind for months now. And and it's so clear. Here's why Paul and even people today are willing to be killed because of their faith and not renounce Christ. Here's why. Number one, they know that even if the world kills them, they will be resurrected by the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. That's number one. And they actually believe that because it's true. You know, when you know that you're going to be resurrected by Christ, the fear of death is gone. It's it's just a momentary thing. And they know that they will receive rewards from Jesus Christ. So they know the resurrection is real. Jesus is alive. Jesus is able to raise them again. No problem. And he will reward those who love him and faithfully serve him. You see, to people like that, which I I am and maybe you are, hopefully you are, death is, is only the exit door from this crummy world. And it's the entrance door immediately to heaven in the presence of Christ. Now, I'm not being flippant. I'm not saying that if I was put in that situation today, it would be easy, but like D.L. Moody, the great evangelist, said when he was asked, did he have enough grace to die for Christ? He said, maybe not right at this moment, but I don't need it right now. But if I was in that position, I believe he would give me the grace to even die for him. And that's where it comes from, from Jesus, right? So that's how we look at all of this. And we're willing to be scorned, ridiculed, mocked, deprived even of our possessions and goods because of Jesus Christ. 
Lately, I've been reducing all of this down to the essentials. And that is, I'm at the point because of Jesus that if I were to lose everything I had with his power, I could do that. With his power, if called upon, I'm at the point I would die for Jesus. I can't do that on my own, but I know he would empower me and say, let's go through this together. Amen. Spiritual leadership is also grounded in the word. Verse 14 in 2 Timothy 3, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. So he's saying to Timothy here, but you, remember that in verse 10? (laughs) But you, what? But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom, who's that? Paul. Timothy knew Paul. He knew that he was the real deal. He was an authentic spiritual leader willing to die for the cause of Christ, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. You know, it's sort of like, as for these other yahoos, the clerical clowns, religious imposters, and false teachers, what a group of losers. But you know me, Timothy. You know I'm the real deal. And you know that I taught you the truth. That's what Paul's saying in verse 14, verse 15. And that from a child, that means a, it can even mean an infant, but it means just a you know, very young child of any age. And that from a child, thou hast known the holy scriptures. These are the sacred writings, which are able that is, they're powerful, able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. That's how Timothy came to the Lord. He was steeped in the word of God as a little child. And when he heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, when Paul preached the gospel, Timothy came to faith in Jesus Christ. That even from a young child, he knew the Holy Scriptures. I read this story, very interesting story, of a girl of about eight to nine years old in England who it was revealed in her, I guess it's her obituary, that she was raised by a very godly woman. And this little girl could quote the entire New Testament, literally, from memory. If she was asked, where a word was in the New Testament, like maybe she just quoted it, I guess is what they meant. She could name the book, the chapter, and the verse. And she was very rarely incorrect. It was astounding. I think she had a special gift from God. I'm sure you would agree. But we can all do better about knowing the word of God. And I'm going to show you how in a minute. And then from a child that has known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise. See that word wise? You know how we talk about being uh, sophisticated and thought of as, you know, just really, you know, really with it, really shrewd. You know, the world would say a real wise, you know, wise person, the way the world looks at it. Well, the Bible makes us that way. (laughs) The world thinks we're morons. 
their morons, were the people who have the wisdom of God, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Well, Timothy, of course, had come to that, and now he was pastoring for the Lord. Look at verse 16. Here's why it had that effect on Timothy. Verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. That word inspiration is a Greek word, uh, two words actually, but the word theonoustos means God breathed. It is as if it's literally that God exhaled it out. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, it's beneficial, it's helpful, and it's profitable for doctrine, that's teaching, for reproof, that's where I've gotten off the track, and the word of God calls me out on it, and I have a chance to repent and correct course, right? So again, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. That is, it, it teaches me when I'm, when I'm convicted, I'm confronted, it teaches me how to get my life back on track exactly. So it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction. That word means child training. For instruction in righteousness. That's how to live the way that is right, the way that is pleasing unto the Lord. And all true believers want to do that. Even if we get off track, we want to get back on track, right? Well, that's, that's the power of the Word of God. Well, what happens if we are not daily, constantly in the Word of God? We're not receiving the doctrine, obviously. We're not being corrected. We're not being put right back on the right track. We're not getting the child training we need to live in a way that is pleasing unto the Lord which is why churches and Christians and the whole world is like it is today, a royal mess, okay? Verse 17, here's the reason all of this is true, that the man of God may be perfect. That word means equipped, like an army equipped for war or like a sailing ship with all of its riggings in place, ready to sail, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, uh, perfect means complete, to be like mature. I, I said the wrong thing at the wrong place. That the man of God may be perfect, that is complete, thoroughly furnished, and that's where he's equipped like an army and outfitted with riggings like a sailing ship, thoroughly furnished unto all what? Good works. We cannot believe the right things and we cannot behave the right way separated from the word of God. Now listen to me, my friends. There is no way to be a spiritual leader if there is no word in that person's life on a constant drip basis. Now listen, I've come to... I chose my words carefully here. Love the word. And the more I love the word, the more I find in the power of God's spirit, I'm living the word. If you want your life to change, you must be changed by the word of God. 
And yet the average American professing Christian, you know, they say they're a Christian, but the average American professing Christian is like a famine victim in a land full of Bibles. So needless. If that describes you, repent. Get back in the word on a daily basis. It may just be a little bit to start, but grow in that. Why? So that you can be taught, you can be corrected, you can be put back on track. You can learn how to live a life that's pleasing to the Lord. Why? So that you can be complete and thoroughly furnished, you know, totally equipped so that you can do the good works God already has planned for you to do. That's what you need to do. Now, I started not only listening in the morning to what I'm going to be teaching on each week, like for this episode today, I've heard this chapter, I don't know how many times, it's an incalculable number already in my mind, how many times I've listened, for example, to 1 Timothy 3. But I started not only listening in the morning, and I often listen to a lot of the Psalms, just one after another. Oh, it's such a blessing to my heart. But I also started listening at night. I'm listening through the Bible, and it's only early June, and I'm already uh, into the book of Acts. I'm almost done with the book of Acts. Soon I will have listened through the whole New Testament in about, I don't know, eight or nine months. That is a powerful thing, my friends, and that I'm discovering. And I can say to you today that I look forward to and I love the Word. And listen, there is a direct link to loving the Word and being a spiritual leader, having authentic spiritual leadership. So if you say that you're a spiritual leader, but you're not in the Word or barely in the Word, I doubt it. And you need to get in the Word or resign. That may be a good thing too, because you're not doing yourself any good. You're definitely not doing anybody else any good. Uh, Yeah, you've just been reproved. Mm -hmm. Now, I want you to write this phone number down. Some of you are not Christians at all, and you know it. You need help before it's too late. Call 877-247-2426. And you will speak with someone who can help you come to a personal, life-changing experience, a relationship with the living Lord Jesus Christ. And then you'll know for sure how your eternity is going to turn out. You'll know that you're no longer condemned along with Satan to an eternal hell, but now with Christ, you're following him and will be welcomed into heaven with him for eternity when you leave this life. Hey, listen, you could also go to chataboutjesus.com, chataboutjesus.com, and someone will chat with you about where you are with the Lord. Or maybe you know you're a Christian, but you need some encouragement. Call those numbers. Now listen, we're about to end. I want to remind you in Romans 3.23, the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In Romans 6.23, the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And then in Romans 10, 
verse 13, we read these wonderful words. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I hope you'll make that phone call or go to chataboutjesus.com. Thank you for listening today. Like the episode and follow the podcast so you can listen every week. And right there, right where you are right now, share this with someone else who needs to hear this message. I look forward to teaching you again next week at www.dredhill.podbean.com, the host and home of This Week in the Word. Bye-bye.